I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your great loving friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. I'm Leah Diana. Today, with my boyfriend and co-host, Sean Tatro, we will be winding back the reel to 1954. American nuclear weapons testing results in the creation of a seemingly unstoppable dinosaur-like beast in Godzilla. Let's talk about it. The Monsters. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Godzilla, king of the monsters, it's alive. A gigantic beast stalking the earth, crushing all before it. In a cyclonic cavalcade of electrifying horror, raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Godzilla, king of the monsters, incredible titan of terror. Wiping out a city of six million in a holocaust of flame. Jet planes cannot destroy it. Bombs cannot kill it. All modern weapons fail. Is this the end of our civilization? Can the scientists of the world find a way to stop this creature? For the answer, see Godzilla, king of the monsters. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. A tale to stun the mind. See Godzilla! I quite literally don't even know where to begin talking about a movie so goddamn infamous. And this is the first time I've ever viewed this movie. I don't know how you have never at least seen it in, like, passing, like, clips or anything. I mean, I've seen little things here and there, and you'd think with a friend who was as obsessed with Godzilla as he was, he would have forced me to sit down and watch it but he never did he forced me to watch full metal jacket before godzilla (laughs) i mean full metal jacket is a phenomenal movie that's another movie we'll get into i don't want to talk about it traumatizing but anyways um yeah so today was the first time i've ever seen this particular movie i love the new ones that came out in 2014 and 20 i want to say 2018 and then the recent the legendary godzilla franchise Which, I really like the Legendary movies. Even after mentioning last week that we were going to watch this one next, while I was making dinner, I watched the first Godzilla movie (laughs) again. And I really think I should have waited to watch that until after we watched this to appreciate it more. Because all the things that they did for that movie to go back to this franchise were incredible. I think you, in watching this one, you've you've gotten a touch of why I 
get so excited about the newer ones. Yeah. Like, I was always like, oh, Godzilla, cool, King of the Monsters, woo! Now it's like, oh, mother of God. Like, and (laughs) seeing that there's 36 movies? Yes. Holy shit. And this is just number one. Like, we only watched the, we watched the original 1954 release from Japan. We did not watch Godzilla King of Monsters, which was the 1956 release, which added um, scenes with Raymond Burr in it, which we're actually going to touch on that. So I don't know those scenes, but you are definitely going to kind of like talk to me about what they added to make it a little more American friendly. It's it's a whole thing. We'll get into it. Okay. So before we dive too deep into the deep waters Godzilla resides in, I want to talk a little bit about our sponsor today. And like last week, where you were like, cut and dry, no bullshit. Today we're talking about David's tea. I could tell you guys to get this tea till I'm blue in the face. Um, And as someone who, I do drink a lot of tea, but I drink it slowly. Um, I would like to ask Sean, Sean, how fast have I gone through some of these teas that I just purchased? Oh, uh, within a couple of days. Yeah, um, I have the. There are these little containers that come in the samplers, and you get one to two servings. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna take me ages. I've got five empty little cups already, and I'm bummed because my favorite ones are gone already, which is any of the blueberry. Um, I've saved them in my favorites. Uh, the organic blueberry jam tea is fucking phenomenal. I have the last of it in my cup right now. I've been milking it since 6 a.m. It is so good. I can't even speak to how good this one is because she drank it all before I ever had a chance you to try to it. You have a sip. No, it's too late now. <laughs> but how was the um, French toast, though? It was surprisingly good. Even with the cardamom pot in it? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay. Like uh, I thought it was, I don't know, it was, it was nice. It was comforting. It was warm. It, these these teas, to me, are very, like, it's the, it's in the middle of winter here, and our desolate little tiny state. The past the couple last, days have been frigid as hell. Yeah, the last two days we've gone through record-breaking cold. I think Friday it reached, Friday night it reached negative five with wind chills up to 30, negative 30. And then yesterday morning when we got up, it was still like 10 degrees. It is now 40. It is two days later. This is why everybody in Rhode Island gets so sick because it goes from negative to like almost spring. It living in this state is a fucking experiment in your immune system really i was feeling great after covid today i'm fueled by dayquil and sheer will (laughs) so honestly get these teas some of my other favorites um include the forever nuts uh snow day which is a nice comforting kind of like cinnamon sort of tea Actually, I should double check to see what this tea is because I do like this one. Oh, it's a mint chocolate tea. So it kind of reminds you of having a hot cocoa on a cold day. Um, honestly, I can't, I can't suggest these teas enough. I can't suggest this company enough. I like this company so much. I have bought stocks in this company to see if I can figure out how to do the investment game and I'm using David's tea as the test. This is how much I love this tea company. And I personally can't recommend that you use our affiliate link down in the show notes to get yourself some of this tea and try it out for yourself. And you know what? We're going to pretend there's no other feasible way for you to get this tea than using that link down in the show notes. We'll know. We will know if you don't click that link. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, this I've never been a huge tea drinker, but this stuff, the different kinds of teas that this company is putting out is it's mind-blowing and they all 
taste phenomenal. They do. I mean, even from the cold 911 to the Buddha blend to just basically just basic winter Earl Grey, just a nice cup of black tea in the morning. They have their own agave syrup. They have their own sugar, you know, whatever you fancy. They even have teas in the summertime that are specifically cold brewed teas. So you have a nice thing of ice cold tea in the summer. Please use the affiliate link in the show notes below. Go get yourself some of these tea. So maybe eventually I'll stop talking about them. No. No, I'm never going to stop talking about them. Sorry, guys. Anyways, back to the King of Monsters. All right. So this week we watched, as we said, Godzilla, or Gojira, as it was originally called. Japanese, yep. It's the 1954 Japanese kaiju film directed and co-written by Ishiro Honda. Now, this film stars, originally stars, uh, Akira, do you want to try and take these? Because you're better with these the Asian names than I am. Let's see if I can do better. It stars Akira Takarita, Momoko Kochi, Aki, um, Akaihiko, Hirata, Hirata, and Takashi Shimura. Shimura? Shimura. I'm not very good. I have a hard time. I'm dyslexic. So even though in my head I'm like, Matsuhari Morimoto, I can't do it from reading. <laughs> it's very, very bad. So I apologize. Yeah, so Akira... You know what? Moving on. Yeah. This movie was originally released October 27th, 1954. That was only in Nagoya. Oh, and then the rest of Japan, November 3rd, 1954. Mm. It was made on a budget of around a million yen. Now, its box office returns are a little complicated. So, essentially, this movie, like, you have to kind of go by two different statistics here so it ended up earning 183 million yen which is just under 510,000 US upon its initial release in the US when that the US version that we're going to talk about came out it brought in 2.8 million dollars however the life total lifetime gross of this movie was and this is in Japanese uh, in yen converted to US but it's grossed 2.25 million dollars which adjusted for inflation uh, is the equivalent of 13.7 billion yen or 105 million dollars US which equivalent and that's in 1998 which equivalent to today would be 175 million so this movie was a Huge fucking success. It was a blowout. <laughs> this might be the most profitable movie that we've talked about on. Um, In terms of like... Overall? Like lifetime success, basically? Yes. I think this is the most infamous franchise we're going to talk about. And I've read that it has the Guinness World Record for the longest standing franchise to date. Yeah, of 36 consecutive movies, all running the same story. 
That's not including the recent Universal, uh, Universal, the legendary legendary version, or the other films that have been spawned off of it, like the Mothra films and the uh, Rodan and all that. Mm. So, yeah, this, in all technicality, this is the longest running movie franchise ever. And I don't see it ending. No, but they're still. I mean, they stopped making movies, but they recently just... Toho recently just started again with Godzilla Resurgence. Yep. So that's... I don't know what's happening with that, if that's going to be a new franchise, or if it's eventually going to continue the old one. Or maybe to link up with the old one and then, like, somehow bleed its way into the legendary. I don't know, but... I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, like... I appreciate the legendary franchise that much more. I haven't seen Skull Island. That's the only one I haven't seen yet, but I've seen all the rest of them. And I've seen all of them in theaters. So, I mean, it was on a whim. I was like, cool, Godzilla looks awesome. I really wanted to see Cloverfield, and I never got a chance to see Cloverfield in the theaters. So I said, all right, I'll go see Godzilla in the theaters. Why not? Blew my fucking mind. Holy shit. Justice for Bryan Cranston. Everybody's always going to be upset that he dies early. He, he had a purpose. Spoilers. A it, it was almost, <laughs> oh my god, that movie was nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Nine That's true. fucking years ago. Holy shit. Where's time going? Down the fucking drain. Um. So, as we said, that there is there are two versions of this film. So you have the original Japanese, which was Gojira. Um, or Godzilla in translation. A fun fact about that is that a lot of people have the misconception that when it came to America, it was retitled Godzilla. Mm. However, that's not true. Um, The Toho company are the ones who actually suggested the retitle to Godzilla. Instead of Gojira? Yes. Because it it is, like, they're the ones who kind of translated that original Gojira. Yeah. And they were like, all right, it should be Godzilla in America. I don't know. Just thought that was worth mentioning. That is pretty cool. When it was brought here, quite a few things happened. Um, this was during the 50s. The movie was unfortunately heavily re-edited and Americanized. Okay. Which none of this was known by the original filmmakers until much later when they released the American version in Japan. Uh, so when it was brought here, it was Americanized. It was retitled to Godzilla, King of Mo- of the Monsters. They shot new footage with actor Raymond Burr and spliced it in. They had him essentially act against body doubles so that they could splice him into the original footage oh. and make it look like he was talking to the original actors. And this was done essentially to... There was a belief in the 50s that, like, certain foreign films, when they came here, if there was nobody that an American citizen could, like, see and relate to, yeah, they wouldn't really want, care to see the movie or they wouldn't, like, react to it in any way. So the, the belief was that if they edited him into this movie and uh, it would kind of give an American audience someone to root for and it would give them... A little bit of a, a connection to the plot. Well, it is heavily... The, the movie heavily does the Japanese word version. Not in a direct way, but blames America. 
Well, that's another thing, though. With the Americanized version, a lot of the more political elements were either chopped down or removed completely. Oh, that's horrible. So it, it heavily changes the experience of the film. Yeah. I personally prefer the original because I like that message that the original is trying to send, mm. which I guess we could get into that right now. Uh, that this movie has a heavy theme of of the bomb, nuclear war. It, the H-bombs which dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, yes. Yeah, and it's very clear throughout this entire movie that that's what this, what this film is trying to be a representation of. Now, I'm watching the Japanese version for the first time on my own, and knowing that the Americanized version that was released in 56 existed, I was told that the Godzilla film was a fun action monster movie. The later ones are. <laughs> but I was told that that one, that one from the 50s, that's how it was. Watching the Japanese version was painful. It was heavy. It gave you a very big sense of, dear God, what did we do? Yeah. And, like, the, the whole film was meant to make you feel that impact that that culture felt. Yeah. Essentially, Godzilla in this movie is standing as a symbol for nuclear holocaust. And he... Well, at least from the Japanese perspective. Mm. And the theme of the movie is kind of like that it's that fear of the bomb and like mankind created this destructive force and now nature is pushing back and punishing uh and punishing us for mm. it it's funny that i was looking up like i wanted to know what the date for hiroshima was and the first thing that came up was hiroshima godzilla and this is a nbc article nbc news from 2020 Godzilla was a metaphor for Hiroshima and Hollywood washed it in the 50s. So basically, Hollywood took something that was so, like, pivotal to Japanese culture and just did what they always do and stamped out the bad parts and gave it to the masses as just some fun creature feature. Of course. Which, this is not just some creature feature. And I think that's why... This is why, the creature feature. Yeah, and I, I think that's why Godzilla has stood the test of time because he is meant to make you think and I, I actually like since we watched the China syndrome that was about nuclear energy and the problems that comes about this is what happens if you use na nuclear energy for the wrong reasons and it's like god damn one we have a political theme lately in our podcast which you know hopefully next week's will wipe that out mm. <laughs> but at the same point it's like I hate People are going to hate me for saying this, but I hate living in this country because this country just ruins the point of things sometimes. Yeah, and but like you do have to take into account this was a very different time than it is yeah, now. Yeah, of course. This was, what, 70 years ago? I can't see a, a studio trying to do something like this today. No. Like, I definitely think that this was something that they could get away with then, and it was a very different mindset in the yeah. 50s. It's worth mentioning that this week we did not have a physical copy of this film. I unfortunately have not been able to find a VHS of the original Godzilla 
at present. I don't have the Blu-ray or the DVD. Mm. So we watched this off of HBO Max because they have a bunch of the Godzilla movies on there for whatever reason. However, we still do have a back of the box. We do? We do because I was able to track one down. Well, that's good. Now, this the back of the box I'm reading from is the... They did a special edition DVD release of Gojira mm. in uh, sometime in the early 2000s, I believe it was. And if you're a Godzilla fan and or a collector, I guarantee you'll have seen this. It was in that that nice thick media book case, and oh, yeah, it was yep. an absolutely beautiful release. But this one states a critically acclaimed classic and one of the greatest monster movies of all time. The ocean's surface boils white hot, and a Japanese freighter mysteriously vanishes in the Pacific. Rescue boats meet the same fate, and the superstitious villagers of Odo Island fear an ancient legend has come true. The legend of Godzilla. Reawakened from eons-long sleep by an H-bomb test, the behemoth seeks revenge on the civilized world, turning Tokyo into a wasteland of atomic fire and rubble. Caught in the monster's path of destruction are young lovers Amiko and Ogata, who must betray their friend Dr. Sarazawa, a brilliant but tormented scientist, in order to save the world. Since we're on the subject, you you brought this up while we were watching it, but this film does feature Dr. Sarazawa. It does! Who the legendary MonsterVerse franchise has brought back in a new form... It, yeah, it's not this one, because this is Daisuke Sarazawa. Yes. That guy is... Oh, is she... Begins with an eye. That's all I remember. But it makes me, like, wonder, like, is he the spiritual son or spiritual grandson of that Dr. Sarazawa? I don't think so, because I, I, I think the legendary MonsterVerse is very much its own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea was to just make bring the character back in a new way so it was comforting to have surazawa it was comforting to have zhang Ziyi's twins characters yes like so you related a little more to the the original well, like monster movies in the new legendary kind of movie. yeah it's kind of like the filmmakers are now are trying to keep godzilla as like close to its origins as possible and i think they're doing this because we all know at this point that there was a reboot in 1998 oh matthew with matthew broderick and there were plans for that to be its own thing its own trilogy yes and i'm actually no matter how shitty that movie actually was and skating baby godzilla's (laughs) <laughs> like that's a lot of fish like i joe and i would say that all the time we look at each other and go that's a lot of fish just just to be like total this movie fucking sucks but i'm disappointed i would have liked to have seen where they wanted to go with that you know <clears throat> all right so that movie was directed by uh ronald emmerich who did all the he's the disaster king he did independence day day after tomorrow moonfall most recently Good lord. He he do, he makes disaster movies. And he makes movies that are disasters. That too. Independence Day was great. It's great. It's a wonderful film. It's a fucking piece of trash <laughs> too. 
<clears throat> but, we'll get on that someday. Like, you hired a man who is very focused on w- making one type of movie. So that's what you got. Like, that Godzilla, it's fun. It's a turn-your-brain-off kind of movie. You don't want to think about it too much because then it falls apart. Like, I appreciated it for what it was back then because I didn't know what Godzilla is. Having watched this and thinking back, I'm like, wow, no wonder why fans were pissed. People hated it. People still hate it. I kind of enjoy it for what it is. It's a movie that you sever all ties to anything. You sit down and you watch Matthew Broderick go, that's a lot of fish. That's it. That's all. And then the just sheer point of there are velociraptor-sized baby Godzillas taking over Madison Square Garden. Think about that. Yeah, what the hell? That's fucking terrifying. (laughs) I don't know where to go from here because that movie is just playing in my head now and I'm so upset. (laughs) Anyways, back to the good movie. So how many people listening do you think really need a play-by-play of this film? Well, I don't know how many people actually listen to this at all, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we should give them the Cliff Notes version. Okay. So, I'm just going to skim through because I've got the play-by-play in front of me, but I didn't write anything down. I paid attention. So, this is what I understand this film was from someone who just watched it for the first time. It's 1954 Japan. It looks like life is going back to normal. Um, There is a shipping company ship or a freight ship or whatever that suddenly gets lost at sea. They don't know why. They don't know how. The Japanese government sends another ship, gets lost at sea. They're trying to find if there are survivors. There ends up being three survivors, but the names aren't released and, and people, relatives of those ships are panicking. Then they find out that a small fishing boat from a small village... Uh, or small island called Oda, Odo, uh, goes missing too as well. And they're looking for survivors because it's the closest to where the wreckage is. And there happens to be someone who I'm trying to... And it doesn't have names in here. So, But he washes up and he says, it got us. It, it got us all. Like, everyone's gone. And just hearing that, like, the whole place starts to panic. Like, what's happening? What's going on? The Japanese government sends some specialists, which are, are I need a cast list. The fucking cast list, which is Doctor Yamani, Doctor Yamani, and his daughter, and Oh Ogata. Ogata was he a doctor too? Ogata. Or? Ogata was he a doctor or somebody different? Um, I've never fully understood what he is. their positions. Yeah, because that's also not is that Yamani's daughter. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. It is his daughter, Emiko. So they all go there. They're studying it. They find that certain parts of the island are now radioactive, but not the whole island. The well is radioactive. And he's the doctor says, if this is radioactive, so should all the other wells. Why is this the only thing that's radioactive? There's what appears to be a giant... Not, they don't see it as a footprint right away. They see it as an indentation. They're like, oh, something must have hit this. And they're like, this is radioactive. And that's when the doctor finds um, a trilobite? A trilobite? Yeah. A trilobite. Trilobites have been extinct since the Jurassic era, but this one was very much alive like 20, 24 hours ago. And it's radioactive too. So he brings it back to where it is. And he's like, he, he, he takes and he's like, this, this is extinct. This is two million years extinct. Like, this shouldn't be here. Like, what is happening? 
And then there's a commotion on the island and people are like, oh my God, oh my God, it's on the other side of the island. Everybody, and I mean fucking everybody in existence on this island, runs for the other side. And then what appears to be the fucking coolest yet jankiest rubber puppet of Godzilla going, oh my God, I, I loved it. I loved every moment of that. The practical of that puppet is incredible. That's uh, that's something that I, I want to mention is that like that there's so much creativity used in so much. bringing Godzilla to life in this movie. Like they do everything from like you just said. Like there's uh the classic monster suit. There's the latex rubber puppet version. There's just like There's, the torso, so you can get the legs. There's just a tail that they have that they whip yeah, around. Yeah, like uh, they even do like there's some stuff with Godzilla underwater where they shot essentially, they shot it through an aquarium, and then like put plates of like fish and stuff. So it's like layers so fucking cool. of effects that were so low tech. And watching all of these scenes, I'm like, how did they do this in the 50s? This looks so good. It makes our monster movies in the 50s look fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. Ours were fucking terrible. Like, ours <laughs> were cheesy and gaudy, and you went for the fun time. There was, was no imagination. There was at no time, except for when I saw the little spigot in the dude's mouth when he was blowing the fire, quote unquote. But it nothing ever took me out. Even that, I was like, oh, I can see the spigot. That's cool. Like, nothing took me out of the story in this. No. There's I, been personally, so many American ones that I'm like, this is fuck. I can see his knee or I can see his foot or, like, this is stupid. Like, you get taken out. This was incredible. Personally, I feel like the, the effects, like, they very obviously don't hold up today. Like, you can yeah. see through the, all the cracks. Oh, of course. But... If you're a fan, if you're a longtime fan, this stuff just adds to that ch- the charm of it. You just love it more for those faults. You kind of look at it as, look how epic Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 2018 was. How epic, how cool. That fight between um, Godzilla and, don't tell me, Godzilla. Big old gold dragon. Ghidorah. Ghidorah. God damn it, I said don't tell me. You were never going to get it. (laughs) That fight between the two of them and with Mothra going in and Rodan, that is epic. That is gorgeous. That is all CG. There is barely any practical. And you know that if they could have made it look epic with practical, they probably would have. There's no way. That is what people back back when Godzilla was big would have dreamed to see on the screen. That epic fight. But honestly, I disagree with you. What? I disagree with you only for the sheer fact that Godzilla Resurgence exists. And I know you haven't seen that no, movie. No, I haven't. But Godzilla Resurgence primarily uses pra- a practical suit. It's a big Godzilla, it's a man in a suit. Mm. There's enhancements of CG. Yeah. In it and there are certain parts that rely on CG, but this fucking thing is a big ass, terrifying looking suit, and it's it's awesome. It's yeah. still it looks fucking amazing. Like essentially, with that movie, they prove that you can still make this work. That's that's a practical suit. That's a practical suit. Yeah. 
What? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Like, I never thought you'd be able to do the old tricks today and still have them work. But that movie proves to me that you can. And as long as you do it well, like, it's going to sell perfectly. Oh, God. This picture has the 1998 Godzilla. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like Alien meets the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Why are his legs so thin? Why did why did he go to leg day? He's supposed to skip leg uh, day. Yeah, they went for a more like like well, he's supposed to be like a mutated iguana version. I don't care. Mutated iguana my ass. Um since we're talking about the effects a little bit, one thing I also want to mention is uh the detail that they put forward in this movie is amazing. Yeah. So like one scene I noted in particular, it's such a sim- stupid simple little moment, but it's where Amiko and Ogata are, they're just talking. They're at her house, I think. Mm. And just the way the shot is framed, there's like an open doorway in the background like that goes outside. Mm. And they're just having a conversation, but you see all these layers. So there's like, there's another building like a few feet beyond, or like maybe like half a mile behind, beyond their house. And then beyond that, you see, like, searchlights going through the sky, because yeah. this is after Godzilla's known. And it's just these these subtle things. Like, in a scene like that, you could have just put it inside and not shown outside. Yeah. But they just add that little extra element of the threat is there. It's very looming. It's looming. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know, it's those Dr. details. Dr. Loomis himself, just there. <laughs> those details just make it that much more engrossing I think another thing that's uh, worth mentioning is that like this film transfer that we watched and I think honestly if my memory is serving me right every film transfer I've ever seen of this movie whether it be on VHS DVD what what have you Mm. they all look very dark just that one scene is very dark Yeah, when they're on Odo Island and there's a lot of artifacting. So, like, there's a lot of dust, a lot of scratches in the film that got transferred over, mm. a lot of um, what looks like like clouding, like which is essentially, like, the older the film is, it starts to fade and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I don't think there's any clean versions of this movie that exist, which, personally, I don't care. I love seeing that stuff in the film. But... If you if you haven't ever seen this and you plan to watch it, know that it's gonna look old. Like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna question some of the scenes. Like one of them, I was like, the scene's very dark. They couldn't have lightened this up, and it's like, well, there really isn't any way to lighten film transfers up the way we can just slide a slider bar on films now. But I I think it works because you even made uh, mention of the fact that some of the footage that we started to see looked like it was actual stock footage from like the war yeah there was actual military stock footage because it was and i say this because anytime i've watched any like world war ii or world war one footage it looks like it was made on like their type of a handy cam where it goes like the old crank reels yes yeah, so it, it, it the noise i describe the way the film looks it goes where it's light dark light dark so it's very primitive like handy cam kind of recording and i'm like this doesn't match the actual film reel this is military grade and you were seeing like 
a couple of the scenes with the ships were the same scenes because obviously you can't go, hey, military, we'd like these scenes. Back in the 50s, they would have been like, get the fuck out of here. Well, that's another thing is that this movie, like, there's a lot, there's a lot of imperfections. Mm. Like, but those imperfections kind of allow them to do stuff like blend in actual stock footage. Yes. So, like, there's, you mentioned at one point, uh, there's, like, jump cuts where yep. a character will do one thing and then it'll cut and all of a sudden they're doing something else. It was it was great, but that imperfection made me feel the time because at one point, Emiko is like, oh, I'm going to tell, or, um, she, no, Ogato says, oh, I'm going to talk to your father about us, and she turns to him and smiles, and then the next minute you see her, she's already up and walking away to go get her dad. And I was like, what, what happened to this scene? Like... You can tell that there was more in that scene, but it was cut, and they just they just pasted the reel at the wrong spot. Yeah, um, and this stuff happened in older movies. Like sometimes you just didn't have the exact right amount of footage, so there'd be a jump. Yeah. Uh, they they reuse shots of Godzilla several, several times, times. Yeah. like the the one where he's in Tokyo Bay and he comes out. Yep. Like that shot, they use at least twice. Maybe three times? I think my favorite shot they they used and reused was his silhouetted head doing this in the fire. Yeah. They used that several times, but they did different angle. Like, it was this angle, this angle. And then angle, they flip it. And then yeah. they turned it to where it was almost facing you. And I was like, it's the same motion, but they knew, okay, do this, but we're going to film it on every angle. So you've got the angles, but you're like, it's the same exact yeah like movement of the and it's the puppet it's not the person in the suit it is definitely the puppet and like the fire doesn't quite line up with the way they had to cut it with some of the backgrounds you could see the fire move yeah with it, and you're like no no keep it that no oh well it moved that's all right but it, it's it's charming this movie is charming and it's the first one where i'm like we need this for the archive but we need a vhs and it's going to be impossible to find Oh, I'll find it. Oh, well, uh, we're going to go to <laughs> fucking Japan and find it. We're just going to walk around being like, Godzilla? 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 VHS? Godzilla? No? All right, we'll go fuck ourselves. <laughs> That's just going to be us in Japan the whole time. <coughs> so, where did I leave off? So, they're on Odo Island. They see Godzilla. Everybody's freaking out. I do love the fact that no matter what country you're in, uh, women, when they see something horrible, faint. And maybe it's just a sign of the times, but me as a woman going, I wouldn't have fainted. I would have been like, that's badass. But then I'm like, that's the 50s. Badass would have gotten me shot. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but that's one thing that I always hate about these old movies is women are damsels in distress. Every time. We're always dids, man. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. <laughs> but um, after that, they go back to from they go back from Odo Island they have proof that Godzilla exists they do this big seminar in front of uh what I essentially think is the Japanese government or like the judicial system yeah. or something it's not clear what it is it doesn't translate very well to us but they have people of, of the public or what I think are family members of the people that have been lost standing there being like now there's 17 17 to 20 ships lost tons of family is missing you know the people in the public need to know what's happening because they know something's wrong. But they're thinking, oh, it's an underwater volcano. Just don't go near there. Like all of a sudden ships all over Japan are going missing. 
you know, near Tokyo, near this island, you know, you know, between Tokyo and um, Yokohama is a pretty big stretch of sea. So, you know, now they're all fighting, like, public should be told we should keep this quiet until we know what's the situation. And it just becomes very kind of very tense in the country at that point. Um, so the government sends 10 frigates to dispatch depth chargers to kind of see if they can get Godzilla. They don't. Uh, they do not get them. And then you find that Dr. Yaman, Dr. Yamane? Yamane. Yamane. The major doctor, um, Emiko's dad, is becoming very depressed because he would like to study and learn from Godzilla. How did he survive lethal nuclear bombing? How is he still alive? How is he carrying around, you know, uh, radioactive material without any issues? And he becomes very depressed, but everybody else is like, he needs to be destroyed. He's he's wrecking things. Cut to a little while later. Um, she, uh, Emiko, goes to meet with Surazawa. And Surazawa says, I'm going to tell you a secret. So, okay, sure, I'll go to your lab. And we don't see anything happen, but all we see is him drop a tiny little piece of metal into the into a tank, because he has all these fish tanks around. He studies, he studies like, uh, the use of oxygen, or is he, he's a scientist, but he, he studies oxygen. That's where I read. He drops it in there, and she becomes horrified. And she runs out, and he's like, you cannot tell my secret, you cannot tell my secret. And she's like, uh... Like, this woman, this poor woman, like, I feel bad for her because now she's got this secret that she's got to carry. But also, like, at one point, I thought it said that she was betrothed to him. I don't know. Like, from what I saw on, like, the, the wiki, the Godzilla wiki, it said betrothed. And I was a little confused about that. I was like, friend or betrothed? I don't know. It just didn't make sense, but... I'll double check that after I'm done going over this. So, um, she leaves there. She goes back with Ogato and her dad and they're having dinner and it's, you know, they live in Tokyo and all of a sudden alarms start going off. Like you said, they have search lights out. Godzilla shows up in Tokyo and fucking decimates Tokyo. And what I find interesting is the images they're showing you of decimated Tokyo. Like there's a lot that happens through that whole thing. You have people that are recording what, Godzilla is doing till they die you've got a mother saying we're gonna join your dad soon like because he's literally just nuclear firing the entirety of Tokyo um and after all of this happens like you see the images of Tokyo and they mirror what Hiroshima and Nagasaki look like and you're like oh wow okay that's that is the powerful thing like, I understand why Godzilla is a representation of these bombs, because it was always said that when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, they woke a sleeping giant. That is the sleeping giant they're talking about. It's America. Yes. But Godzilla is now... Look how they they show Godzilla as this gnarly, just cratered, nasty-looking lizard. And I'm like... We fucked a culture up so bad that that's their image of us. Yeah. And it's not an image of all of us. Like, me, I wasn't born until the 80s. And hearing all about what happened, I don't agree with dropping a bomb on a country. Two bombs on a country. You know, that 
everybody's afraid of nuclear weapons. Everybody's afraid of nuclear weapons. Is America the only people that have retaliated with nuclear weapons? Yes. So why are we so afraid of it when we're the ones that fucking started it? We're the only ones that have ever pulled the trigger proverbially. Yeah. Proverbially. Oh my god. I can't say that word either. We're the only ones who actually done it. We done did it. But, like... We drop bombs. We can <laughs> Drop bomb. And if you won't forget and those... Uh, isn't that from 8 Mile? Yeah. Mom and on a spreader, mom, forget it. Yeah, we drop bombs. wonder if that's what he meant to. What the fuck? No, hey! <laughs> do not take what I grew up in rap music out of me. I am going to be that absolutely cringy you and me both buddy Mm -hmm. but like that's where i started like my attention didn't go away from the movie but my attention started looking up this stuff and i was like dear god now as like as old as i am i'm like i understand why godzilla stands for this like we fucking caused this and it's like hollywood had the fucking nerve to whitewash something like this when Japan was just being like, hey, we're just telling the truth here. What the fuck? I know. Now I have no interest in Ray Burr's scenes ever. No interest at all. Because you said you we have a choice. You want to watch the American version of the Japanese. I'm like, let's go original Japanese. I want to see how it was supposed to be told. If I watched that other one, I would have been pissed. It's a very different feeling. It's a whole different type of movie. Something in here said it was, it's fun. This movie shouldn't be fun. No, it shouldn't. This movie be. should make you sit here. Doesn't matter where you're from, Japan or any other country. It should make you think, what the fuck did you do? What did they do? What did we do? Like, ugh. this movie made me mad. This movie made me mad. It made me love. I mean, it, and it rightfully should in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And now I get to see what it turned into. With the new ones. Yeah. With the other. I honestly want to sit here on my free time and watch the rest of them. Oh, God. That's a lot. I know That's a, a lot. trek. It is a Shrek or a trek? A trek. A Shrek because it's an ogre. It has layers <laughs> like an onion. Come I mean, on. That, that too, I guess. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right. So after Godzilla completely decimates Tokyo, um, Emiko tells Ogato, I have a secret and I must tell you because she's just watched hundreds if not thousands of people die. She's a nurse on the front lines. She's trying to take care of these people. She's watching children lose parents, parents lose children. She's had enough. So she pulls Ogato aside and says, I have a secret. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you Dr. Surizawa can solve this. He has a bomb that takes the oxygen out of things. And she explains it the way she can. Yeah, so, I often forget that that this movie it didn't just originate Godzilla, but it also originated the concept of the oxygen destroyer, which I thought was a great concept in the newer movie. I was like, "Damn, that's a hell well, of an idea!" It's an idea that's been used throughout the whole franchise. Like they they've gone back to this oxygen destroyer in many forms throughout all these movies, but. I never remember that it started here. And it was the original. It, yeah, it it essentially what I gathered from it at the very least was that it's a substance that when uh 
when put into a body of water of any size, like, and you only need like a small amount of it, it will, it will first remove all of the oxygen from that body of water. And it then causes organic life to essentially like disintegrate. Yeah. So like all the skin and everything will like, it'll just melt it down. So the definition of the oxygen destroyer on the Gojipedia is the device works by activating a chemical stored within the cylindrical center, which causes the center to split in half and open. Once released, the chemical dubbed by dubbed micro oxygen reacts violently with the water, isolating oxygen molecules and splitting them. The molecules are then liquefied. This means that any organism exposed to the chemical will first suffocate from lacks of oxygen and then disintegrate because there's oxygen in your blood. Right. Depending on the amount of oxygen destroyed chemically released, the body the body of the victim will either be eaten down to the bone or destroyed completely. So Essentially, when Surizawa decides, fine, we're going to do this, but I'm destroying all my work so no one can use this. Which later kind of backpedals in other movies, but we'll, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, He decides, okay, we're going to do this. Then he says, I'm going to go down. And um, Ogato's like, no, 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 you don't have an experience. He goes, I know I don't. It has to be released in the water. So whoever does this, you're not coming back. I think that's like this moment is really cool because they mirror it in the new King of the Monsters. Which Sirizawa is like, I have to manually activate the bomb. And I, at that moment, I was like, I understand why Sirizawa is yep. like, I'm like, why would he give himself up? I mean, this, like, why would he kill himself with Godzilla? Like, this doesn't make sense. But the whole point of the character of Sirizawa was to learn and understand with this creature. And him putting his hand on Godzilla in that newer movie made more sense and breaks my heart even more. So much more symbolic. Because he, all they wanted to do, it's kind of a a amalgamation of both Emiko's father, that doctor, and Surizawa. Like he wanted to study him. Like they merged the two characters, which is nice. Um, But knowing that Surizawa gives himself up in both of them. One, to save humanity, and two, so no one can ever use the oxygen destroyer. And the other one, he gives himself up because it has to be manually detonated, and he literally can be like, like, he puts his hand, when he puts his hand on that fucking monster, I cry every time when I see it. Because it's just like, and Godzilla opens his eyes and he's like, I'm here to fucking help. And Godzilla's like, okay, let's do this. You feel the weight of all of the movies. Not just, you know, this one's he- this one's heavy. And I mean, for the 50s, they wouldn't have done something like this in America. This is heavy for no. America. Now I'm interested to see how they end this. Mm-hmm. Which, interested and kind of peeves me off because I know it doesn't end the same. No, I don't believe it does. But he sacrifices himself. But before he does, he says, Ogato, it worked. He's He's dying. I can see him. And then you just watch Godzilla, like, float up, sink to the bottom, turn into bones, and then just get liquefied. To where I'm sitting here going, how the fuck does Godzilla reigns again come to fruition? Like, what? How does this happen? (laughs) They solve, Godzilla solves everything. How do we have 36 fucking movies? But then again, 
you, you, you creature feature people are insane and crazy and will do anything for your creatures. That's very true. Yes. So, and the movie ends right there. But he does say that what gets me about that whole betrothed thing was Sirizawa says, I give you my blessing. I hope you two are happy. That's where I think she was betrothed to him, but didn't wasn't in love with him. It yeah. was like a... Like back then, women were betrothed to people like because it was good for the family, not necessarily like women falling in love. But that kind of practice kind of was dying out. So well, whatever. Um, but that's it. That's how it ends. It ends with all of them basically crying. All, everybody like crying, saluting, realizing what Sir Surizawa did for their country. And that's it. It ends. And it's heartbreaking because I'm like, I looked at you because it ends it goes back to the HBO screen, and I'm like, "That's it. That's how it fucking ends." Um. So we we skipped over a little bit in the beginning that I'd like to specifically talk about. Okay. Because it does pertain to the end as well. Okay. Now, I have always loved the start of this film. So it you it essentially you get thrust into it with just heavy footprints that build up to his original titanic roars which god they sound so good uh i believe those were created uh what was it it was by uh they recorded they were wearing this special glove like this rough oh here he is uh the sound department they tried numerous roars for Godzilla, but none of them felt like they fit a monster of his size. So they came up with uh, this technique of rubbing a coarse resin-coated leather glove on the strings of a contrabass, which is basically a double bass, and reverberated the re- uh, recorded sound. So it's like uh, that combined with they did... Uh, they beat a kettle drum with a knotted rope for his footsteps. And it just creates this powerful sound for this monster. So, I have the 30 second roar up. The original. I want to see if it'll play. Oh, I can hear it. That is fucking sick knowing that's a resin covered leather glove over a base. It sounds it it literally that is a sound those are sound effects that pierce into you. Like you never forget them. They they always linger in your head. But that's what brings us into this movie is those sound effects and it like it really sets the tone. Oh, that's in the credits. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And that leads us right into the iconic Godzilla theme that every movie has had. That's the theme that you kept you kept drumming yeah. and coming every time it came up. That honestly, because I don't know how iconic it was, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then I was trying to flash back to when you commented it's so cool how they blended the original theme with the newer credits. With the the Japanese like oh, oh, like they were yeah. like chanting and I'm so sorry to where they were like chanting and like 
now like i look at the fucking goosebumps i have <laughs> thinking about this shit like it's ridiculous but following all of this i feel like it's somewhat fitting that the movie opens the first image we actually see is the wake left by a ship traveling through the ocean yep and I feel like this has two different connotations, at least to me. So, by the end of the movie, like, so we open with the wake of a ship. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. By the end of the movie, we are, we are left with the in the wake of Godzilla's rampage and like the destruction that was left behind. So we essentially start with the wake of man and then we end with the wake of nature. Yeah. Uh, But you could also look at it as since you're looking at the, the wake of a ship. So like the, the water is very rough and uh, violent it's all churning. Mm. By the and the last shot of the movie is a shot very similar, but the water's calm because we have defeated Godzilla. The nuclear terror is over. Uh, it, it feels like you could look at it in a lot of different ways, but the, and they're such simple shots that most people probably wouldn't look into them. Yeah. Me being me, I do. You read into everything. <laughs> everything. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I I noted here was the fact that I like that Godzilla's initial presence is it, it comes with an approaching storm. Yeah, he comes like as a typhoon. So that yeah, that first night uh where he he essentially rampages through Odo Odo Island, yeah. It's, there's a storm hitting the island, and his footsteps come out of that storm, but we never see him. No. You can hear the boom, boom, but that's all you hear is the, the footsteps. And you can attribute that to if you've ever been... We, we've only experienced hurricanes. We've never really experienced like typhoons, but hurricanes and typhoons are kind of like essentially the same thing. But, I mean, hurricanes are noisy. They're loud. They're... You feel like there's a monster outside during a fucking hurricane. I've only lived through a couple of bad ones when I was a kid, like Hurricane Bob and a couple of them. You were a baby when I think Hurricane Bob hit. Like, I was at least, like, I remember the noise the wind made and the sounds and the thunder and just... 
It was fucking terrifying. So knowing that these people, like, that's what they were hearing while hearing Godzilla stomping through, not knowing, like, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I just love that idea that they, they don't show their hand right off the bat. They let it build up. Perfect. Perfect. It's so well done. How many? What did I say when we were watching the newer Godzilla movie, the the twenty fourteen? I was like, I love they do not show him, and that's what until peop- almost halfway through the movie. That's what most people were pissed about that one because it's like, oh, you just kept teasing us with Godzilla. Exactly. Like, do not. I hate it when mo- when monster movies spoil it in the trailer. Yeah. How many? Like, there's a trailer out right now. What was the movie? The Boogeyman. Oh, yeah. We watched the trailer, so, and there's no mention, no look of this monster. But one of the clips, one of the screenshots on YouTube, the monster's right there. I'm like, that's because, why would you give that away? That's because these days people just freeze frame everything so they can just spoil everything, as much information I as they can. It. I'm more terrified if I don't know what that thing looks like. I agree. I agree with a certain filmmaker right now. I'm staring at you. And one of their scripts that I have read, that filmmaker or director or writer, whoever he may be, saying cross from me, does not show his hand in any of his stories. Your stories do not show the hand. Any, no, you don't show because your monsters. I subscribe to Lovecraft's way of thinking, which is the fear of the unknown is more terrifying than anything you'll ever see. I was so terrified when I was younger of Godzilla. Nope, other G word. Of, nope, C word. What is, I'm... Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Your pilot has just broken. We're going to land the plane for a moment. When I was a child, I was so terrified of the thought of Cthulhu. Because you don't have the internet. So, like, those store, like, Edgar Allan Poe's stories... H.P. Lovecraft stories, you don't see the monster. The monster itself is your insanity. It's what you make of it in your brain. Now seeing what people know Cthulhu looks like and seeing the exhibit where you can see actually what it would look like, it's less scary. Doesn't mean it's less intimidating, but he's less scary. The fact that I've read certain things where, like, even in some of your stories, you don't see them ever, ever. That's fucking terrifying because then I have to come to my conclusion and I'm like, oh my God, is my conclusion right? Or is it even more terrifying than I, what I can imagine? I love that. And I don't agree with people who get upset that Godzilla is not shown until halfway through the movie. No, you don't want, don't show your hand. Don't show your cards right away. That's what makes it more terrifying. Alien did it. Yeah. You didn't see that alien until, like, fully until she was in that ship. She right. was in that ship thinking she was safe, and all of a sudden, it's right there. And you're like, oh, fuck me. You gotta build the suspense. That's what I want. I <clears throat> want to be, before I ship myself, I want to be wondering if I'm gonna ship myself. Yeah. Time. And you know what? We're talking about Godzilla. Let's talk about Godzilla for a minute. Okay. So... I feel like this monster is so fucking well done in this movie. Yes. They do they we talked about already how they do so much to bring him to life with puppetry and monster suits and everything. 
they actually originally wanted to do them in stop motion. Okay. And me being the lover of stop motion that I am, I would have fucking loved to see that. But unfortunately, it was apparently... They ended up rejecting the idea because there was nobody in Japan that was experienced enough in the technique to make it work. I honestly wonder what would what this movie would have been like. I like if we had like a Ray Harryhausen type of Godzilla. I don't think it would have been as cool. I don't know. Like I kind of disagree. I think it would have been very cool. But I attribute the stop motion monsters with like absolute cheese factory. Godzilla, I'm actually concerned. Like there's a different level of where I think stop motion would have been cool, but it wouldn't have had the same feeling in my opinion. It should always be a man in a suit. It should always be a practical, in my opinion. I mean, that would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, we talked about while we were watching it, uh, so Godzilla's breath in this one isn't the traditional blue beam that we've come to know. And that's no, not just because this is a black and white. No, it's more of like a, a mist, a haze. Yeah, so, and essentially, and this has never been confirmed to me, I just kind of formulated this th- off of my own thoughts, but like, I'm pretty sure what they're going for with this one is that it is a heat breath, but it's more like focused radiation mm-hmm. that, like, so essentially, the first time he uses it, you see it melt uh, these like power lines and then every other time basically it like causes things to combust yeah and I, I think that's what it's supposed to be and then it's just kind of evolved over like time that one doesn't make sense maybe we should add an element of like it's absolute like it's that blue fire it's that the hottest white b- white blue hot fire that's yeah. what makes more sense but it's a black and white film so I can kind of like I can believe it I can believe that that's heat breath. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned loving the man in the suit thing. Yes. It, I love the man in the suit. Like, I've always thought that looked great. And they, uh, apparently, the me- the suit itself was an awful experience. <laughs> yeah, I just read what it was made of, and oh boy... So this says that the original costume was created from ready-mixed concrete, though other reports describe it as special plastic. Since commodities like rubber was in short supply after World War II, the actor was forced to wear a suit that weighed up to eight, uh, weighed up to a hundred kilos, which is like two hundred pounds. Holy crap! Like that's that's incredible. This man went through. Yeah, apparently he could barely walk in it, which is why like his motion is so limited. Yep. It's oh, it must have been a fucking ordeal, especially in those scenes where he's in the tank, like in the water. Yeah. Like that must have been so hard. Like he probably had to like, okay, we can we can film for like 10, 20 minutes tops. We got to take him well, out of it and let him breathe. Like holy shit. Some of the stuff I was reading was that like he kept passing out in the suit, like Oh. He went through hell. Even though you went through hell, dude, I know this guy passed away probably. He died in 2017. 
But like, oh boy, this man, like props to you, buddy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so yeah, the 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 note that I have here is that the Godzilla suit for the film was so hot inside that the actor would frequently pass out. Um, the temperatures inside the suit reached up to 60 degrees Celsius or 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my god. Um, due to the hot studio lights and... <sighs> this one's funny. He looks like he's riding Godzilla. <laughs> and it was not uncommon for his sweat to drain out of the suit. Oh god. It... Yeah, th- this thing was an absolute nightmare. He was basically baking to death. Like he even says he he says at one uh he was quoted, I guess, saying that inside the Godzilla suit it was very dark, lonely and isolated. Oh. Usually the person who wears the suit becomes nervous and anxious. During summertime it's very hot. It can become hell in there. Damn. But some, like, from what it says is that he he always remained level-headed, and he he got the job done. Like, he was very dedicated to the part. This man, like, there's pictures of him just chilling, smoking, drinking sake with the suit on, like, but he looked like he tried to have a good time with it. Like, yeah, it's, this is miserable, but I'm going to make the best I can. That's a very Japanese thought process, though. Like, it, things will get hard, but just... Enjoy it while you can. Yeah. I think I mentioned one of my favorite Japanese phrases the other night when we were driving home. It's shogunai. It can't be helped. Shogunai. Like, it is what it is. In, in English, we have many ways to say it. But the rough translation translation is it can't be helped. Some things happen. It is what it is. But that's a Japanese mentality. Like, you know, oh, you got to work 40 hours overtime and not see your family. Shogunai. It can't be helped. I'll get it done. Oh, there was a tragedy, like, oh, my condolences, things, you know, this is bad, let's help out, but shogunai, nature has its way, like, it's one of my favorite phrases from Japan, but even, like, the mentality of the people doing this movie, like, it's a heavy, serious movie. This has heavy political connotations attached to it, but it's one of those things where it's like, in order to move forward, let's make something of it, and look at what Japan has made of of Godzilla. Yeah, and, like, you're not wrong. Like, this movie, like, like you said, it carries a lot of weight. Like, and it's not even just of the, like, the nuclear holocaust element. Like, there's an element when uh, the kind of focus shifts to the, the oxygen destroyer, where it's, like, overlapping that that nuclear holocaust the the Godzilla threat is the theme of like they have a solution to the problem but it's a solution that could prove to have far more devastating consequences than the nightmare they're already facing yeah like do we dropping this oxygen destroyer you don't know how how far into the ocean it goes like how much wildlife is gonna die like like even dr yamane like he's like we should be studying it we should be figuring out how he became radioactive resistant how many more creatures in that ocean like godzilla are you killing with this oxygen destroyer and i 100 percent agree with dr shirazawa 
destroy the evidence, kill yourself, well, not kill yourself, don't kill yourself, but sacrifice yourself. You don't, that getting into the wrong hands? No, uh-uh. You imagine them using something like that for real in real life? Wiping out, like, whole cultures, An entire people. ecosystem. <laughs> like, that, that in itself, I feel like the Oxygen Destroyer is humanity. Yeah. Humanity sucks. No offense to us, humanity. We suck the life out of the good things sometimes and ruin. Look at look at the um what's the worst thing is the uh, the rainforest. Like we've we've depleted the rainforest so hard that now it's causing us to have climate change. Yeah. Like this is climate change is our doing. Fossil fuels, gases, destroying natural environments like how many times do we pass by places i'm like they got rid of all the trees to sell a lot to a commercial company don't do that you and i want to move somewhere where there's forests there's trees there's no development i want to be in nature i want to be able to grow my own food to become sustainable to where i don't ever have to see something like this happen and i love japan i think japan is a beautiful place it's a beautiful culture it's a wonderful country but I understand why some people are still xenophobic to Americans there. Yeah. Like, 70 years later, we did a really horrible thing to these people, and they opened their arms to us. We should be very lucky. Very, very lucky that they cut. They didn't cut us off and say, fuck all of you. I agree. And we got a chance to have Godzilla. <laughs> I'm going on tangents. Bring it back to the movie. God damn it. I mean... Wait... Are we at the end? Uh, I think we're at closing questions at oh, this God. point. Oh, God. Okay. Well, let's do it. Did you have any favorites? The whole fucking movie. That's literally the first one I wrote. <laughs> whole fucking thing. <laughs> like, there's nothing that I want to pick on. There's nothing that I zone. Like, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite part. Whole movie. I love the message. I love, I love the monster. I love what it means. I did have a couple of things that I noted down, like You've specific ones. You've also seen ones. this movie a bajillion times. I've so. seen it quite a few. But, uh, so there's the moment where Godzilla is, be- he's being driven into the, back into the water by the fighter jets. Mm-hmm. That moment is very, it's like almost exactly the same as King Kong and the planes on, uh, uh on the Empire State, on the Empire State Building. Building. Yeah, kind it's, of. It mimics it so well. Which it makes it even funnier that they end up fighting each other eventually. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the other one I wrote down, which you did already bring this up, but is the moment during Godzilla's rampage of Tokyo where we see the mother holding her two children. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're surrounded by destruction, and she's telling them, we're going to join Daddy soon, and you can only assume that their father's dead. Yeah. And there's something about this moment that it's it's not just how impactful it is, like it's the the way it's lit, the way it's shot, we we see their shadows are cast on the wall behind them, and it reminds me so much of the bomb shadows of Hiroshima. Oh god. And yeah. it makes it so heartbreaking. Like no matter how many times I see it, it is gut-wrenching 
Like, to think that they perished there. Yeah. Oh, I forgot these exist. Bomb shadows? The carbon remains of people. Oh my god. Those are insanely haunting imagery. I think this this question is a little bit redundant given, given what's happening currently in the filmmaking landscape, but would you make this today? Uh, yes, I would make it in 2014, and I would <laughs> keep Brian Cranston alive a little longer, and maybe not him be so fucking crazy. No, leave, let him be crazy. No, the only thing I don't... <laughs> the, I, I do agree with, like, he was gone too soon, but I wish that the only thing, only thing that I wish he would have done is he would have tweaked out on the people that own the place harder. Knowing that why couldn't you have been honest with me who ran the plant? Why couldn't you have told me my wife didn't die from a nuclear disaster? She died because a monster took over. Why couldn't I have the truth? That's the only thing I wish could have been changed. Honestly, like, I... this is Godzilla is one of those things that, like, I don't care how many times they do it. I just want more. Oh, God, yeah. I love seeing these movies. The new ones are handling the material so well and doing something new with it. I think a lot of people said that the King of the Monsters movie made them, like, like some parts of it, but it was the people aspect that people weren't happy with. No. See, but this is the thing. Like, everybody now wants... They want big monster battles and accompanied by really compelling human stories. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? That's not why we're going to see these movies. We're going to watch these movies to watch monsters fight. Yeah. That's what we want. Stop trying to like ask for more than you initially wanted. I like, think, yeah. You're upset because they didn't deliver on something that they knew you didn't want. Exactly. Like, the whole plot with the husband and wife and the son that passed away and the teenage daughter. That was enough. It's fine. Like, you had Surazawa's whole thing and you had a little bit of the, like, a a tiny little sprinkle of the twins. We didn't need any more. This was a monster battle film. I challenge anybody to go back and watch the older Godzilla films, minus this one. Yeah. Because this one has a heavy story behind it. Yeah. But go back and watch any of Godzilla fighting other monsters, like any of those sequels. The human element is not important. It never is. It doesn't fucking matter. What matters is those monsters beating the living snot out of each other. That, that is it. That's what you're there for. It's base. The human element is basically there just to give you a connection point so you know what's going on. Yeah. That's all I need. Like... Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Kong, whatever the hell it was called, the the newer one. Yep. That one gives you even less of a human story. So much less. And it's still fine. Like, yep. it was enough. What was there was enough. That's all I needed. Like they're they're getting more into the the crazier aspects of the Godzilla franchise that they eventually went yeah, into in did, Japan. Didn't that one have Mecha Godzilla? That one had Mechagodzilla, yeah. Which I was like, what the fuck is this? And you're like, Mechagodzilla. And I'm like, what the fuck is Mechagodzilla? Oh, Mechagodzilla is one of the biggest villains. I, uh, yeah, and I can't wait to get to that point, but I'm a Mothra <laughs> fan through and through now. Mothra's All the ladies sick. Are. Huh? Mothra's sick. Oh, yeah. Is this mainstream exploitation or other? 
this particular film, this one film, I'm going to go with Other. This is a monster movie. This would be a B monster movie in the eyes of, like, grindhouse Americans. But today's standards, this is fucking mainstream as hell. But I'm going with Other. I don't know. I think that you could place this one into any category, really. Like... You could view it as a mainstream film. You could view it as a, just a exploitation monster movie. Mm. I think it's more than that. Like I think it has carries a much heavier weight than either mainstream or exploitation. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't really know where I would place this. Yeah, definitively. I think this is our first. Um, we're gonna place it over here. Category. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't fit in all of them because it could be anything, really. On that note, do you have anything else you would like to say about Godzilla? Godzilla rules. Uh, I got a couple of places I'd like you to target, buddy. So uh, give me a call. What about you? If you haven't seen this movie, fucking watch it. Please watch it's it. Watch incredible. Movie. Watch the Japanese release. Yeah. The, watch it. Don't don't watch the American version if you can help it. Even like, if you, it's you not, grew up on the American version, give the Japanese version a, a shot. Yeah, it's much more worth your time, in my opinion. It's much heavier. And, you know, not like we need heavy things right now, but, you know, just give it a go. All right. Well, that's going to bring our discussion on Godzilla to an end. But don't go anywhere just yet. Please stay tuned for the coming attractions. luck of the Irish is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota whose luck may have just run out. Next week is dangerously close to St. Patty's Day. Oh, boy. So I decided to choose a film that I think is quite relatable. The only thing I know about this film is this is Jennifer Aniston's film debut, and Warwick Davis is in it. That's all I know. I know nothing else. I've never seen 
this at all. I've never seen a preview. I've never looked into it, ever. This one, uh, the original Leprechaun is one that I grew up watching. Oh, God. I, yeah, I had seen this one so many times. I believe my grandmother had it recorded off of, like, I want to say a rental. Like, she just had a duplicate made. That's illegal, Grandma. You're not supposed to do that. Dude, everybody did it. Fuck off. (laughs) But yeah, we, like, I watched this again and again and again. You're sadistic as fuck. It's so much fun. This, this one, I definitely, this one, like, rivals, like, things like the later Freddy movies where, like, it was a little bit, it was a little bit comical, it was, it was fun, but it was still terrifying in a lot of ways. I'm not looking forward to this one. I am, because I fucking love this movie. <laughs> and it's absurdly stupid sequels. <laughs> I heard the sequel, the, the first one I've heard is incredible. The sequels just, they're not step downs. They are like, you fell off a fucking mountain and you hit your head every single time and they just get worse. Uh, Leprechaun 2 is great. Leprechaun 3 is great. 4, I think, is Leprechaun in Space. I'm <laughs> sorry, what? If I remember right. And then there's Leprechaun in the Hood. Leprechaun then, in the Hood I've heard a lot about. And then Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Oh Is one of them a Snoop Dogg in it? Or was that its own? No, uh, Snoop, Snoop Dogg was Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. That's, hood of Horror, okay. But I think like Ice-T or somebody is in Leprechaun in the Hood. That man and fucking, um, oh my god, Busta Rhymes tried their hardest in the <laughs> horror movie franchises and just didn't do well. But I don't know, I think this one's going to be fun to talk about, personally. Oh god, well... Let's close this. Let's get into it. Next. All right. If you want to keep up on everything that we're doing, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. You can find us on Discord where you can chat with Leah about this film or any of the films that we previously covered. Or you can, you know, try suggesting us some movies so we don't have to pick them all the time. You guys can tell us what you want to hear us talk about. All the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes. Listen to us every Monday morning. Give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. If you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support, you can subscribe to us over on Patreon or directly through Acast where you can get yourself access to ad-free listening or unlock some fun, exclusive bonus content that we are slowly rolling out just for our supporters. Until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thanks for listening, and keep watching. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.